podders. Uh, I'm sure some of you were looking forward to hearing more from Pedantony this week, but we have some sad news. I'm afraid he, he passed away this week. No, he no. Okay, that's bad luck. Don't <laughs> d- joke about stuff like that. The fact is, Anthony has once again He's betrayed, chosen yeah. to us. place a festival <laughs> above us. Not just this a, isn't the first yeah. time this happened. It's not just above us. Sweet listeners, he he's put it above you. He's chosen to go to the Godiva Festival in Coventry rather than record Biampod with Can us. Can you believe so, it? You know, if you you want to blame someone for his absence this week, blame him. It's almost like he doesn't like the letters or something. Yeah, and he hates all our listeners. Just remember that next time you write in. <laughs> he doesn't. No, we'll get him on a, a future Yeah, episode. he'll be back. Never fear. He'll be back. So, you know, you're just left with us, unfortunately. Yeah. The just... boring too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the two that don't even go to festivals yeah, ever. Yeah, Festless. That's us, festless. Uh, so, a bit of, bit of Meridian news before we get into this week's letters. Oh, exciting. Steve Hogarth has a kind of single out, or there's a track out. Why is least. it kind of, why is it a kind of single? Well, it's a collaboration with Daryl Way, who, Daryl Way was, uh, he's a violinist and keyboardist. He was in the prog band, the 70s prog band, uh, Curved Air. I've heard of them. Yes, he also happens to be a very old mate of Steve Hogarth's. Oh. And also, he formed a band called, I think they were called Wolf, that Ian Mosley was in. It was Ian Mosley's first band. So, when... Wow, <laughs> when, how uh, everything is connected. When Marillion um, wanted Steve Hogarth to join, and Steve Hogarth was was dragging his heels, Ian Mosley rang Daryl Way and said, can you have a word with him, mate? Oh, so uh, we can thank Daryl Wade for having way, Steve... Way, way, not way, Wade. Way, way, no way, way. Yes. Um, we can thank Daryl Way for having Steve Hogarth in the band. Partly, yeah. Anyway, Daryl Way's got a new solo album out, which is, um, it's it's appropriately some sort of a concept thing that includes a novel and an album and stuff called The Rock Artist's Progress, which, interesting Hogarth link there because uh, the painter Hogarth, of course, produced uh, a series, of, a series of illustrations called The Rake's Progress. Uh, and he, he's put out this track called Morpheus that's sung by Steve Hogarth. And it's very lovely in a in that classic 70s pastoral prog sort of way. Mm. It's, it's a bit weird hearing his voice on it. Because it? it's for me, it's so sort of you know reminiscent, I guess, of Curved Air to a point, and and you know Caravan and Camel and those sort of melodic seventies prog bands, and clearly as well, I I may be wrong, but I don't think H is singing lyrics that he's written. I was going to ask that. It doesn't sound because like I it. I heard you playing it the other day. Forgot to ask you whether it was a new song or not. Um, and I, I remember thinking, oh, I wonder if this is connected with H's insomnia or something. Because remember, Cathedral War, wasn't that written? Yeah. Um, but the lyrics do not sound like H lyrics. I they haven't s- really listened to the lyrics properly. They sound like kind of, you know, um, classic kind of basic prog kind of 
lyrics, like, oh. you know, all singing about Elysian fields and Morpheus, take me under your spell and high above the clouds where the angels sing. It's oh, not, uh, okay. It sounds nice, though. It, was really it is lovely. a really yeah. nice sounding song. And his voice really suits it. His voice really suits it. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, yeah, so I quite like it. So it isn't being released under H solo. No. It's being released under... Daryl Way. Daryl Way. Yeah. De- um, From the concept album, The Rock Artist's Progress. Anyway. You and can- speaking of yes. H. Oh, what? Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. What? Speaking of H going solo in a way, but also collaborating with others. Uh, last weekend, we watched him with Trevor Horn, didn't we? Yeah, not, not live. live. We're not that lucky. It was on YouTube. Yes. Uh, but it was really good. Yeah, well, they're, they're just dodgy bootleg videos that people have done on their phone, basically. Yeah, YouTube. they weren't like the best quality, but still, it did give us an inkling of what it would have been like to be at that festival. Yes, that but festival. But we're festless, we're so festless, no yeah. festivals for Surprised us. Surprised Anthony wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> He would have only been there had we been recording a podcast or something that day. Yeah, yeah, blown, <laughs> blown us out. All right, let's uh, let's uh, let's stop waffling. Let's just do some. Letters. All right, let's do it. We are continuing the letters our correspondence. So, so this first one, I'm, I'm happy to read. It's from a, a fellow podcaster. Who, it is who, yes. Who is the co-host of the Genesis podcast, the Revelation Station, and his name is Simon Heldreich. And he does say at the end that he's looking forward to his nickname. Now, unfortunately, only one nickname comes to mind and I'm not going to say it. No, you're not. You know what I it know is. I know you well enough. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call him Memory Master. Why? Because the game Simon tests your memory oh, no, that's skills. That's rubbish. <laughs> that's horrible. No, I'm not calling Simon Heldreich. The memory master. That's probably <laughs> the worst nickname I've ever come up with. Simon held held my hand. Uh, uh, hold your hand. Want to hold your hand? Held. Simon McCartney. The Reich stuff. There you go. Go on, it's better than the other one I nearly said. Yeah, the I'm Reich sure stuff. It is. There you go. All right. So, uh, long time listener, first time caller. Love the show. Thank you, Simon. The Reich stuff. Is it? Did um. Is it Enter Sync or Backstreet Boys do a song called The Right Stuff? Or I bo- believe it was New Kids, um, on, the New Kids on the Block, Paul oh, of Rose. Because you were a fan, weren't you? <laughs> yes. Shameful. <laughs> okay, excuse- <laughs> really? You're going to be music shaming me, yeah, are you? Yeah. <laughs> I was in year seven, Paul. The right stuff. Hey, remember we watched uh, Race Around the World and one of the brothers from New Kids on the Block was on yes. there? Do you mean Survivor? No, he was on Race Around the World. Uh, no. The Amazing Race. Amazing Race. Oh. I always get those mixed up. We're very, very distractible. Oh, I know. Let's, let's continue. Let's move on. So, uh, Simon says, I'm the co-host of the Genesis podcast, The Revelation Station. We'd intended to do Meridian after finishing up with Phil and Co, but you beat us to it. And frankly, did it better than we probably could. Um, oh, thank you. We are. Oh, well, I, I kicked the mic. Don't, don't, oh. <laughs> wondered what I was yeah, I didn't know what was going on. Uh, yeah, well, I'm sure you, you're doing Genesis better than, than we could. 
Uh, so he said, I might jump into it when you're, you're done, but for now I'm enjoying listening along. I had a similar intro to the band as Ant Short from the Corona Diaries. I heard the Freaks live single on the radio and bought the Thieving Magpie. It came as I was looking for more prog, having got into Genesis in a big way, then Rush and Yes. I bought the back catalogue and then each new album as it was released. When Brave came out, I thought it was one of the best albums I'd ever heard. Then promptly didn't buy or listen to another until Marbles. Along the way, I also dropped Fish, who I had been very keen on, but felt disappointed with songs from the mirror and didn't enjoy Suits at all. Turning on the radio one night, I heard, possibly on Bob Harris' show, an acoustic set by the band to promote the imminent release of Marbles. They played, I think, Don't Hurt Yourself and This Is The 21st Century, and I was hooked again. I pre-ordered the album then and there and went back through the catalogue again. I didn't think much of This Strange Engine, Radiation or .com, and still don't. I eventually fell in love with Afraid of Sunlight, despite Cannibal Surf Bay, which was one of the worst songs ever. Not just by Marillion. <laughs> well. Oh, I disagree. Uh, Anorak was okay, but Marbles blew me away. It's still my favourite and most played Marillion album by a long, long way. In my opinion, there isn't a bad track. Then came somewhere else and I was underwhelmed. Not because it was bad, but because it wasn't Marbles. I've since grown to love it, but at the time I only liked most toys. What? It's a great only track. Only like most toys. <laughs> oh, uh, the whole album. <laughs> Blimey. This has to be a first. Mr. Contrary. I think this is a first. Someone who only initially liked only toys. liked most toys off the entire album. Wow. Mm. As he said, it's a great track and I don't care what you or Mark Kelly says. <laughs> well, you don't. It's grown on you, hasn't it? Okay, no, I don't like it. it. It's objectively whatever Simon, I've forgotten what his surname was, his, uh, his nickname, and I want to say the one that I had in my head initially. What was his nickname that I gave him? Because I can right only think stuff. of it. That's it, the right stuff. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> trying really hard not to say it. Simon, the right stuff, whatever he says, uh, he he uh, it's objectively a bad song. <laughs> subjectively bad but well, i think we've had several letters already say that they do like it so i can't you can't say it's objectively about those song. people all those people are objectively wrong wow all of them and i am objectively right the right stuff um oh, oh, anyway oh. He, he also likes last century for man uh and faith Yay! Finally, uh, someone who likes. I can understand the Radiohead comparisons you made in the episode, but I was into Radiohead at the time and didn't really hear it, uh, and I still don't, to be honest. I agree with you. I don't think. Um, I think we're really in influenced, and I don't think I noticed at the time. It's only now, kind of, when you go, when you look at, oh God, they didn't shut up about Radiohead in interviews, and clearly saw Radiohead as like the what they at that point aspired to be and to be considered alongside. Um, right. And then you hear the similarities. Um, but I don't I've think... I've always... Whenever you've said stuff like that, I've often wondered, when you said they were listening to Radiohead, does that mean every member of the band was or one of the members was heavily influenced know. by I, Radiohead? I seem to remember they were all quite... the recording. There was a time when they were all quite... Radiohead obsessed because I think they saw in a way Radiohead as a sort of lifeline because Radiohead was doing complex kind of grown up music that was clearly influenced by prog mm. and yet Radiohead was massively uh, popular with the music press 
And there was definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, a time when Marillion wanted to have respect. Right. So um, they were possibly seeing them as a way to sort of go, look, we're like them, like us as well. That's what I think. Right. Or respect us as well. That's what I think. Right, but right. I think they... they but, I mean, there's no question that, that some of their stuff was influenced by Radiohead at a certain time. And I've said it before, I'm pretty sure they called their album Radiation as a result of uh, right. that. And, you know, they covered Radiohead's fake plastic trees. Yeah. I just was wondering whether it was the... Whether you think it was maybe one band member who then... Well, I don't... Maybe not, but all members. of them. I mean, you know, Ian Mosley loved uh, Rage Against... Was it Rage Against the Machine? What's the one? No, System of a Down that he was he really loved. Mm. Um, you know, I know, um, oh God, what Pete was into, I think Muse in a big way. Was he? They all loved the Beatles and brothers like Crowded House and Joni Mitchell. So, you know, there's a, there's lots of different influences Mm. coming to bear, but, but certainly some of those. No, it was just an interesting thought thinking like the entire band was suddenly in love with another certain other band. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But, right. Okay. Anyway, back to Simon's letter. Yes. Uh, so, and back to somewhere else. He said, it's a much mellower album musically than Marbles and doesn't have the intensity or immediacy, which is probably why it took a while to grow on me. I would love a remaster- remastered version of it, though, as would we all. Finally, the thing that spurred me to write this email is the thing I've attached. I was looking for some Genesis fanzines and found this letter from Fish sent to people who signed up for his mailing list in 1989. I received this. Did you? Yeah, when you I looked at it. You do remember it? it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I'm sure if you've not seen it before, you'll agree that it's a bit, shall we say, pretentious. I couldn't possibly comment. Anyway, thanks for the show. Please check out the Revelation Station if you have time. I will. I will listen to that tonight, Simon. I'm sorry I haven't done so already. Um, and maybe we could do some sort of crossover episode. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that could be fun, you know. Yeah. I don't know what form that would take. No. But but maybe we could. Anyway, before I read out this newsletter, I suppose you'd call it, uh, of course, there has been some fish news this week as well, where he has announced he is stopping using the Funny Farm Kitchen Garden website for videos and payments, and I think he's just shutting it down. And oh. he's moving over to Patreon. Ah, why didn't you do that in the first place? And while you're there signing up for Fish's Patreon... Oh, no, that's horrible. Don't cut out that comment. That was really... What was your comment? I was just like, why didn't he do that in the first place? What's Um, wrong with that comment? Oh, it sounds a bit patronising, doesn't it? Um, I I understand he wanted to have an independent website. That's fine. An independent website. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Patreon does take a cut, of course. Yeah, exactly. Uh, although you know, but um, but the, it's not perfect either with its its um system. Like God, when it locks you out yes. and you ask it to send you a um, what is it a an email so that you can log back in, and then, and then that you yeah. just never receive the email, so you have to message them. And then when you're trying to set up the RSS feed, which some people keep asking me to do, and it just doesn't want to play ball. Oh yeah, uh, so but, Patreon is not perfect, but it's perfect enough for us. www.patreon.com/slash Mr Bifford. That's where I was going with that. Thank I you. See. Uh, you can support this podcast for just uh, one pound. That's one British pound a month, and we do episodes early and we do bonus stuff and there's a whole load of other things featuring Sanya and I if you'd like to check them out 
If you dare. If you dare check them out. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so he's moved to Patreon, but I mean, the saga of the whole Funny Farm Kitchen Garden thing. It oh just, my goodness. It just felt like another, I mean, just, I don't know. It just It's just a catalogue of disaster after mm-hmm. another, it seems, with him. I mean, poor guy. Have but... you signed up to his Patreon? No. Oh, are you going to? No. You're not? I don't want gardening videos. Oh, it's only for gardening, is it? I thought he was putting Fish on Fridays on there. I think, I, I, I was confused. I mean, he's saying Fish on Friday's still free. Right. But... Which you can still do on Patreon. Yeah. You can, can you? have you can have posts available right, well, to everyone. Okay, well then he's still doing that then. Right. Okay. Uh, anyway, let's look at this thing from 1989. Let's go back to a, a different time. Uh, it was a newsletter. This is this is what Simon sent us. View from the eye of a storm. Thanks first of all for writing to me. I don't know if you're a member of the Marillion fan club, the web, or just an interested fan who's writing to an information advertisement for the first time. But you're probably wanting an explanation of recent events from Fisher's perspective. Uh, yeah, I, I remember getting this. Anyway, as you probably noticed, I've kept a, kept a low profile as far as the media are concerned. I intentionally wanted to avoid innumerable questions all based around the subject of the split. These would have become tedious and boring and would have left me open to misquotes and the sniping and bitching that becomes embarrassing and do nothing but make the respective parties look childish and petty. Breath. Petty, not pretty. Uh, oh, I see. Childish <laughs> and pretty. Um, but I was running out of breath. At the climax of the split, it was easy to let emotional responses dominate reason. And I prefer to keep my approach on the whole thing low key. After, ha- sorry, uh, can d- I just interrupt? D- d- yep. How long after the split was this letter? Newsletter? Well, if it's 1989, not long. Right. Um, so a matter of months, perhaps? Possibly. I don't know exactly know when in oh. 89. So... Um, at the climax of the split, it was easy to let emotions, emotional responses dominate reason, and I prefer to keep my approach to the whole thing low-key. After all, the band were out there promoting their live album, their live album, which is, you know, he was on it, uh, and for me to be out in print at the same time as giving the press an opportunity to instigate a slanging match. Obviously, the problem has been that my lack of presence has created a vacuum into which all manner of rumours have been drawn. Oh. After answering various questions from fans and getting to know these rumours, I'd like to list a catalogue of untruths. Oh. I'm losing my voice permanently. I have a drug problem. I'm an alcoholic. I'm going to commit suicide. I've cracked up. I've run out of ideas, lyrical and musical. I wanted more money. I wanted to do a Gabriel, whatever that is. Go solo, isn't it? Well, he was. He has to go solo. So, what do they mean by that? Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> I well, thought just like go solo and be massively successful. Well, probably, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I don't want to be massively <laughs> successful. Uh, I wanted to be a farmer, stroke forester. Well, mm, uh, <laughs> funny farm, kitchen, garden, fish. <laughs> just took you a while, likewise, to lose the voice. Um, Paul. What? What? I didn't say anything. I wanted to go American pop sellout. My marriage is in on the rocks. Oh, ditto. Uh, tomorrow, my wife wanted me to leave the band. Um, my health couldn't stand up to touring. Again, took a while, but you got there. Um, I'm giving up writing music for acting. Well, he didn't give up writing music, but um, he tried acting. He did want to be an actor, though, didn't he? Yeah, he did try. He did did do some roles. Yeah. Uh, I, and I was fired. Well, that. It depends on who you're asking, doesn't it? 
Yes. Um, anyway, I hope, I think that just about covers it. But as you will now hopefully realise, the split was based around musical differences. Well, okay. Musical differences. Hmm. Back in that's the classic. Maybe it was. Huh? Maybe it. No, that so was we the know official. that we know. No, I'm the saying maybe that was the official. That was the official. It's always in... the official explanation. Oh, even now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, although I remember one of my favourite resignation things in music was when um, Sharon Osbourne resigned from managing the the Smashing Pumpkins. Right. And she said, "Oh, I'm I'm stepping down from managing the Smashing Pumpkins for health reasons. Billy Corgan is making me sick." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, blah, blah. What's important is there are now two factions who are still friends following mu- different musical directions. Well, they weren't friends at that point. Um, yeah, weren't they going to court against each other at that point? Yeah, it was all, it was all quite nasty. So Fish says, since September, I've been working on a number of projects. Musically, I've been writing and singing with Clanad on a track for their future album, which never came out. <laughs> singing with Mike Oldfield on a song he'd written for his new album, didn't ever come out. Singing with Peter Hamill on opera, called Fall of the House of Usher, which he's co-written with Chris Judge Smith. I don't think that ever came out. Maybe wrong about that one. Uh, Singing on a track for the Rainforest Charity, written by Kenny Young and Gentleman Without Weapons, called Spirit of the Forest. Don't know about that either. Uh, Don't know about release dates on any of the above. Regarding my solo album, as you will probably know, I've been working with Mickey Simmons, blah, blah, blah. So far, we've written 21 minutes of music together. Four songs. Gentlemen, excuse me, the company I like to watch, brackets The Voyeur and Vigil in the Wilderness of Mirrors. I've also been writing with Hal Lind's Ex Dire Straits. It's a long time between the writing and release, but Chris Kimsey, who's producing the album, that didn't happen, um, is busy working on the classic Yes in Montserrat and won't be finished until the end of April. Well, again, didn't happen. Other projects I've been working on have included a guest spot on the Ghosts of Fafner Hall, which is a Jim Henson creation. That's cool. Did yeah. that ever come out? Yeah. Oh, I want to watch that. Oh, no, I think we've seen that. I think we did. Was, we have seen that. Was that the one where he was like the word wizard or something and he uh, played freaks with a Muppet oh, or some freaks? Oh, we need to watch it again. Uh, yeah, he plays the lyric wizard, teaching a creature how to write a lyric for a song, which happens to be freaks. Um, I auditioned for a part in a musical called Metropolis and failed Uh, (laughs) that was filed under light relief next to the Fafner Hall shoot more importantly I've been working with Mark Wilkinson on a book about our collaboration on the Meridian artwork and didn't come out for quite a long time when did that come out? Uh, yeah I'll tell you 11 years later at least it came out in the end yeah that one did come out Uh, it was great, great book Uh, really good book uh, Mark has come up with my new logo, blah, blah, blah. Um, since leaving Marillion, I've changed management. I'm no longer managed by John Arneson. My new managers are John Kavanagh, who used to work for EMI. Okay, so you get the you get the gist. I mean, I don't think it was that bad. At, what do you call it? Newsletter. Newsletter. I don't think it was that bad. Yeah, I mean, it's just history has taught us that, or told us, or showed us that, you know, not everything was exactly as he portrayed them at the time but you know that's fine you, yeah you know that's that's public relations isn't it and everyone sees this everyone sees a situation from their own perspective exactly it can sometimes look very different oh that's it i can't write oh, oh i wish i wish 
You called. Who are you? I am the lyric wizard, and I can fulfill your wish. We shall write this song together, and that's why they call me Fish. Now, young Mimi, play the melody and release all those feelings from deep inside. Unlock the door and let all those 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 feelings come out from inside. Let's segue into our next letter, which is from a gentleman called Brad Shaw. Brad to the bone. Brad to the bone. Brad to the bone. Brad says, "I'm writing to speak up for most toys." Woohoo! He's Brad. He's Brad. Oh no, it. He's Brad. Sorry, carry on. Wow, is that meant to be the theme of Michael Jackson's bad? The theme of it? <laughs> is that me? <laughs> it's on the theme. Yeah, it's along. It's on a similar theme to Michael Jackson's bad. You know I'm Brad, I'm Brad. That's it, that's how you it goes. You know it. Shimon! <laughs> that's it. So... Surely I'm not the only one, but we'll see. You're definitely not the only one. A lot of people have come out and defended most toys. Brad continues, It's fine as Meridian Rockers go and certainly not their worst song for me. Just on this album, I would rank it above The Wound and Last Century for Man. As would I. As would I. Would you? Yeah. I I wouldn't. Because it's shorter. That's why I rank it above. You can't rank a song's quality based upon its length okay let me let me ask you a question right if you were being tortured you've got a choice do you want do you want an eight minute torture or three minute torture well, it depends on the type of torture let's say if the torture it's the is same being type pierced of torture. by lasers it's the same right? type of torture no it's not the same type of torture <laughs> it's not the same type of torture at all like sure it's short, but it's very, very painful. Well, it's also it's catchier it's than those other two turgid dumps. It's not catchy at all, unless it's like catching an illness. I'm not. Look, I don't want to be the guy that's defending most toys. Well, you, or, yes, or you've clearly be- become that. Or as I like to think of it, most turds. But but <laughs> well, that's what you've become. You've taken the place no. of turd defender. No, Def- I feel mean now. Defenders anyway. of the turds. <laughs> ADHD, aren't we? Yeah. I'm really struggling to oh, focus. No, good luck editing this. Yeah, Jesus. I might just leave it All as right. is and so then people, people can make of it. They can do their own You guys edits. need medication. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> um, all right, where were we up to? Oh, so um, Brad would also rank it above See It Like a Baby, which does feel kind of half-finished to me. 
Most Toys is short and snappy and adds some pace to the album. The verses have a nice energy and I personally like when H sings in this style. I also think it's cool how they start with the chorus and work back to the verses. Do they? The lyric seems to be misunderstood and I wonder if people just don't know the saying, he who dies with the most toys wins, attributed to Forbes magazine magnate Malcolm Forbes. The saying essentially glorifies the pursuit of wealth above all else and typifies capitalistic excesses. The chorus just turns the saying on its head. Basically, you can't take it with you when you go message. It's nothing especially original, but I think the sentiment fits alongside songs like A Voice From The Past, No Such Thing and Last Century For Man. Okay, can I just sort of say, I don't, I think from our point of view, I don't think we must have understood the lyric. I completely, I think the lyric is so obvious that it, it it's about... But did you know about the Forbes quote? I didn't. Well, no. Actually, but... I have heard it now that I think about it, but I didn't make the connection between the quote and the song. I get, I get what it's about. But it doesn't make it. A, you just like toys. That's why you're like, don't tell I do me like not to toys. have toys. Yes, I do like toys. That's very true. <laughs> I really <laughs> like toys. Um, but also, I just don't think it, it's particularly smart as a lyric. I think H has been better, more subtle in other songs. Again, sorry, it comes back to something that we've talked about before. H is a better lyricist when he's talking about the personal, not when he's kind of talking in a more sort of, you know, about humanity global. as a whole, or global or whatever. He is a better lyricist at the personal stuff. He's he's peerless at yeah. that. But when he does this stuff, it, it sometimes it's just really bloody obvious. Sorry. And I, I do, unfortunately, say that about, for instance... Be hard on yourself. I, right. I still don't think it's a particularly clever lyric, or really saying anything that's in a, in a particularly original way. Mm. It's fine, you know, and I love the song. I love "Be Hard on Yourself," but I don't think it's a strong lyric, and I don't, you know, and that's that's the same with most toys. It's a terrible lyric. Okay, well, Brad continues. On the whole, somewhere else was a nice turn after the more expansive marbles. Not everything has to be the most epic thing ever. It's not too far off from The Material and Radiation, another album I like more than most people. For me, there are four classic Marillion tunes on there in The Other Half, Somewhere Else, A Voice from the Past and Faith. And I also like Thank You Whoever You Are, Just Fine. And of course, most, most toys. If it, were up, if it were up to me, though, I would have swapped in Circular Ride and Say the Word for The Wound and Last Century for Man. Yes, there you go. Parting thought, I have no idea why anyone would like the orchestrated section of Faith. For me, that section makes the song. Go and listen to Brad. the version without it. It's better. Well, I like the orchestrated version too. So, ha, that's two of us. Wouldn't mm. you go and join an orchestra if you love them so much? <laughs> yeah, well, I would if I could play anything but the triangle. There's a reason why they call the thing the orchestra stand in the pit. Because <laughs> it's, it's like a pit of shit. You can't say that about <laughs> classical music, Paul. It's like considered the most beautiful music invented. Is it? Yes. Well, someone, somebody hasn't heard the birdie song. <laughs> oh, my God. Why are we so ADHD today, Sonia? I don't Sonia? know, because we've had a bitty week. Yeah, I hate bitty weeks. Right, next one. Uh, did you read the last one? Jesus, did you read the last letter? Just now, like the one second, a second ago. No. What? 
yeah, you sent did. a second ago. Did you read Brad Shaw's letter? Yes. Jesus. Okay. Why? Yeah. Well, I, well, I'm trying to work out who's reading the next one. Oh, it's you. Oh, I thought you were asking me, like, oh, have you read the last letter? How no. exciting. It's no, got some no, exciting no. news in it. Okay, next letter is from Simon Emily Dickinson. Another Simon. We've got a lot of Simons this week. Yeah. Yeah. Memory master. The memory masters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you laugh, but it is it is a kind of a cool nickname. The memory master. It implies a kind of, you know, stage, uh, you know, hypnotist, magician type. Yeah, but you're a master, so how cool is that? Well, okay, is um, is it cool to be um, Master Baker? Paul. <laughs> I said mas- yes, a Master is. Baker. Yes, it is baker, cool. A Master yes, Baker. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, what's your point? I'm just asking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder if Simon's a Master Baker. No, uh, Paul. <laughs> They are called Master Bakers. Yeah. Master Baker, Master Baker, Master Baker, Master Baker, Master Baker. See? Didn't slip up once. So, Simon says, just listen to your latest episode and I'd like to share my journey. What, on uh, Find My Friends? (laughs) (laughs) Good luck to anyone listening to this. Actually getting through it. I know. They're like, get to the information. They're probably all getting anxiety. Yeah. Sorry to everyone we've given anxiety to in this episode. I first came across Marillion in 1983 when a friend played me script. Wow, I thought, it's brilliant. My taste back then was American rock. Dire Straits. Yay. Don't think Dire Straits are I miss Dire Straits. They're not American though, are they? The rock sounds American. No, won't I think they're they're British. Yeah, but the, the music sounds like Americana, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. At that, yeah. I mean, they were a staple of MTV in the eighties, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, anything Whatever with happened a B. Marilli- so, Marilli- we should do a Dice Straits uh, podcast. No, I don't know anything about them other than Brothers in Arms. <laughs> Why are you laughing at that? I don't know. Um, I, I, I like Mark Knopfler's um, soundtrack to uh, Local Hero. It's really good. Yeah. That's all I've got to say. Anyway, he says, Meridian Sound is so fresh, I bought all their early stuff except Fugazi as it didn't click. I was disappointed when Fish left as I felt his lyrics had become like like an overcomplicated dish with too many flavours. In fact, they were too depressing. Seasons End and Holidays still get me as I was in the army at the time, so the lyrics were right on. I lost touch with them after that as I got married, I had a family, didn't have time, etc., Then in 2018, I was reading an article in a paper about Sir Donald Campbell and how Meridian wrote a song on him. I went on Amazon and ended up buying the Steve Wilson reworked version of Brave by mistake. Uh, I was blown away by it and, as my wife would say, have become obsessed. Since then, I've got everything they've done. I've loved your journey through the collection. So much so, I've started listening from the beginning again and listening to the albums before your podcast. You constantly make me laugh. Oh, I hope we still do after this episode after this, where we've gone off the rails with ADHD. Got this car crash of an episode. By the way, in case anyone's going, I oh, thought they're just banding around the phrase ADHD. Sanya is diagnosed with ADHD, aren't you? Are yeah, you... you might as well be. I might as well be. Might as well be. 
yeah. anyone out there would like to diagnose is me it, on, on you're just based too based ADHD to make an appointment with the doctor or actually keep any appointments that you've Yeah, made. how are you meant to get diagnosed when you've got ADHD? <laughs> how are you meant to get diagnosed with ADHD when you've got the... Cancelling every appointment. Get distracted on the way to the doctors. <laughs> Go buy some sweets instead. Um... I don't have a favourite album, just like I don't have a favourite food. A theme here, I'm a fanatical cook. Oh. Oh. I think each one, fanatical, a fanatical cook. He's a master baker. He actually is a master baker. Uh, <laughs> I'm a fanatical cook. I think that each one dictates where you were at the time in their lives and careers, though God knows what went on in most toys. <laughs> but if you push me, I do love Splintering Heart, the, the, the steamer, if anyone remembers that one. No, so, Splintering Heart's not a steamer. Oh, no, it's not. What are you saying? <sighs> Look, I've got Spl- ADHD today, Splintering Sanya. Splintering Heart is a gorgeous Just get off my song. case. And a masterful opening track. Imagine if this is someone's first episode. I know, I feel sorry for them. Bear with us, please. Yeah, we've just had a really, as Sanya said, a really bitty week, which has rattled our brains and made made them incapable of linear thought. thought. I do love Splintering Heart, which, yes, I do too. What song did you think? Holidays in Eden, because I've never said I don't love Splintering Heart, but he seemed to be defending it. Perhaps he meant Holidays in Eden. Maybe. Maybe. But it's highly unlikely. I think he really did mean Splintering Heart. Because objectively, Holidays in Eden is a terrible song. Objectively, true. Anyway, since re-engaging with Meridian, I've hooked my 26-year-old son into them and seen them on the Friends with the Orchestra tour in the Albert Hall. Nicely done. Lightsavers in Cambridge and have tickets for the Hamiodian in September. Hey! Oh, we, so we, do we! No, we don't! Oh, God, no, we don't, because I forgot that it was actually on in Hammersmith, because so we went to Aylesbury. Yeah, you told me to book Aylesbury tickets, so I was like, all right, I'll book Aylesbury tickets. Yeah, and then you told me, oh, we could have just gone to Hammersmith. That's fine, but we, we actually, you know, because I booked the hotel and paid for it before we ran out of money. And so... so we're uh, actually going to get a night away. We're actually going to get a night away. But we're going to do a special podcast, aren't we? We're going to yes. go on a Marillion tour around Aylesbury. I'm genuinely excited about that. Yes, we're going to get there early and do that. I'm genuinely excited. Special episode. Might be in time for our 100th episode, given that I've, I've yet to ask any of the band on. Well, that's a good episode then. It is a good episode. So, what else does he say? Um, it's a joy to listen to you each week, and I do hope to meet you at a gig one day. Yes, if anyone else is in Aylesbury, sorry, we're not going to be at the Hamio, but if anyone is in Aylesbury um, and we're there, come and say hello. We like that. Makes us feel loved. <laughs> Yours, Emily, a.k.a. Simon Dickinson, the master baker. Nice. Nice. And our next letter is from Simon Royal Albert Hall. Um, and Simon says... Another Simon? What oh the hell? Oh, my goodness. Memory Masters. Why have we got so many Memory Masters? M&Ms. A lot of Memory Masters. <laughs> M&Ms. The keepers of all the memories of Earth. You're not we need me, a lot of you're Simons. You're not hearing me saying M&M, M&Ms. She's just talking about them. just talking about We're both talking Earth. at the same time. That must be really annoying for the listeners. I can't believe you actually went through with that. I can't believe you actually <laughs> stayed committed to doing that. Yeah. I wanted you to hear me say that I'm referring to them as M&Ms. <laughs> <laughs> you did that annoying thing talking at the same time, isn't it? Well, you do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> just so, just 
just so you could say that we need to call them M&Ms. Yeah. <laughs> all right. right. I see them as like seers and wizards that keep all the memories of the earth plane alive. Well, I think that might be um, giving them slightly too much credit. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know what happens in the ethereal plane. Read out what's better. Blimey, you've not even started the somewhere else post bag and I'm already writing to you again. I can see you're going to regret me catching up with the podcasts. (laughs) I just listened to your latest one and I'm amazed that you seem oblivious to the jet to the genre of prog pop or pop pop prog <laughs> going so far as to seem to be suggesting that you thought of it. We did. I went back in time and came up with it. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> we did. I fell through a wormhole and came up with it. Well, sorry to burst that bubble, but Prog pop has been around for donkey's years. The problem with any genre is that you can argue for hours about which bands are or aren't part of one particular one. But the following have all been classed as prog pop on more than one occasion over the years. Firstly, and most importantly to me, it is the exceptional It Bites. I like a lot of It Bites. Prog pop in its purest form. Stunning melodies and harmonies wrapped in some incredibly intricate music with often mind-melting time signatures and changes. I need to look up it bites. Others include Supertramp, love Supertramp, ELO, they're good too, Alan Parsons Project, 10CC, Asia, Styx. Oh, Moon Safari. We love Moon Safari. Oh, I miss Moon Safari so much. I oh, know. Why, why? I really miss gone? them. Come Where on. They gone? only ever do Cruise to the Edge. Come on, Moon Safari. Where my gone? song gone? Where gone? gone, Moon Safari? Where my song gone? God, we're, moon so, safari? we're so annoying. We were at a moon, and I'm only saying that because we were at a Moon Safari gig once in London, and there was a guy standing in front of us, and after the first song, they had a, a bit of a pause and the, the guy in front of us had taken his top off. Oh, yeah. he, I mean, it was the first song. He was already like blind drunk and he started swaying and, and shouting, where my song gone? Well, when the songs had stopped. Yeah, when the song had stopped. But he was also, you know, he was also swinging his T-shirt around. Yeah, like a, like yeah, a, he was yeah. helicoptering his T-shirt and I was right this behind This is the, the first song. Needless to say, three or four songs in, he'd completely crashed. Yeah, he was in a bad way. He was in a bad way. Uh, okay. Saga, 80s Barclay, James Harvest. Is that one word? 80s Barclay, James Harvest. 1980s, as in Barclay, James Harvest in the 1980s. Oh, Barclay, James Harvest. Okay. Late period Genesis, 90125 era, yes. GTR. And frankly, that there's a massive list, but I'm sure you can do the research yourself. I'm too lazy to go on. It's hot today, okay? Uh, I like all those bands. I and like lots don't of know, what they've I don't know most of them, but I do like Supertramp, ELO. Alan's Parsons Project is a very familiar name. Yeah, you'll you'll know. Oh, you'll know some of that. I think we've watched some of them on uh, yeah, YouTube. What What I will say Moon is, Safari are legends. You know how when we've talked about things that you like, such as Kate Bush, before you knew that prog was even a yeah, genre. Yes, um, I was like that with sticks um when i first went to america with my sister's first husband we we did a road trip uh you know i was what 12 11 12 12 i think driving across the desert and he had this album on that uh, i absolutely loved who's he my, my oh sorry my sister's first husband I already oh, said, oh okay yeah. 
Jim Bob. Oh right. Um, and we were in his pickup truck, <laughs> and this album, and and for some reason, I, I mean, I loved it, but for some reason, I never like asked what it was because I wasn't into music at the time. I never stopped to ask like, what is this album that you right. keep playing? Well, it was that. No, and Boston as well. Oh yeah. Uh, Every time we go to America, Paul has to. Play to always play Boston that on one the radio. I knew, and a lot of meatloaf but then this album which had this song particularly that that got stuck in my head called sing for a day um ah. but I didn't know it was called sing for a day I just sort of remembered how it went and years later like we're talking a long time later when the internet was invented and all the rest of it I managed to find it just by type describing what I'd remembered yes um anyway that's all but yeah but that was to say before I knew prog or prog pop or whatever was a thing. You liked prog before I just you loved knew that what prog of, was. Yeah, that sort of slightly pop. more involved music. Ah, interesting. Mm. Well, also, yeah, I mean, yeah. I remember being four years old and loving Super Tramp, so... Dreamer. Dreamer. <laughs> there you go, exactly like that. All right. Domo Aragotto, Mr. Roboto. Domo. Domo. Yeah, it sticks. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. Simon continues, incidentally, spurred on by recent listens to Circular Ride and Say the Word, I recently put together a CD of H-era B-sides and non-album tracks for playing in the car. And what a jolly listen it is. Even if you're <clears throat> favourites, how can it hurt and I will walk on water. Walk! Walk! Also make an appearance. It has to be said that the two Somewhere Else B-sides represent the cream of the B-sides, along with the release. The other tracks aren't rubbish, but you do sort of nod sagely at the fact that they didn't make the albums. Anyway, I'll pop off again now and let you be. Until next time, cheers, Simon, Simon Royal Albert Hall. Thank Memory you, master. Simon Eminem. Um... I agree with... Um, I agree that... Circular Ride, uh, say the word, (laughs) Circular Ride, say the word, and the release so far out of the B sides that I've ever listened to are my favorite. Uh, Cinderella Search, oh, yeah, Cinderella Search should be on there as well. Yeah, yeah, we should do a B sides episode. I know we have covered them, we should rank B sides, yes, when we get to the end, yes, yeah, definitely ranking the B sides, yeah, and we, we should also, um rank Marillion members by handsomeness. We can do that if you want. <laughs> they would all be equal. What, what is that what is that game? Uh fuck Mary Kill. Or is it or Shag Mary what is it? What, what's yeah, that game? Shag, Shag Mary Kill. Shag Mary is that what that how it is? Shag Mary uh, I don't know. It's something like that. Is that you wanna play that. that, do you? Yeah with uh Meridian members. <laughs> <laughs> I know which one you'd marry. Like, duh. <laughs> I would only marry you, Paul Rose. Thank you. Okay, uh, next one is uh, from Giovanni from Venezuela. Giovanni, you're not giving me a lot to go on there in terms of a um, nickname. nickname. Well, Giovanni is um, like the equivalent of John in English. <laughs> so you can, if you want to come up with a nickname, John. <laughs> That's not a very imaginative nickname, is it? Uh, Giovanni. Giovanni. Vanny. White Van Man. Vanny. <laughs> Vanny. <laughs> oh, dear. What did you just say, Sonia? What did you just say? I was thinking of a van. Giovanni the 
No? No. You said it. No. Geo, geode. Uh, oh, crystal man. Crystal, crystal meth. No. <laughs> oh God, everything I say get, just gets twisted. <laughs> I was the, the crystal. Crystal. Crystal tips. No, crystal. <laughs> no. Crystalline, no. Uh, magical crystal. Jesus, you're terrible at nicknames. I know. And when you do come I up know, with a good one, like, when you do come up with a good one, like Fanny, uh, <laughs> it's by accident. It was Vanny. Oh, Vanity. Vanity. Vanity, Vanity Fair. There we are. <laughs> Geo Vanity Fair All in right. Venezuela. I bought Essence in the Hard Shoulder back in 2008. At first listen, it was just okay. Paul, do you remember the Guns and Roses Use Your Illusion Volume 1 and Volume 2? I do. And that is exactly what I thought when they did that with Happiness is the Road. To my ears, Happiness is the Road was something similar. Good, sparse songs. Oh, but no. Not... Is this a letter about Happiness is the Road? Oh, Jesus, it is. We can't have that. Oh, no. Okay, Giovanni, we're, we're we holding to on to this. We have to save that for the... Why did you put this in here, you silly, you silly wife? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. I need to remember to okay. put this in. Let me copy and paste it quickly into a Happiness is the Road letters page. All right, you do that. All right, done. Okay, so sorry, uh, Giovanni, we'll... Um, We'll speak to you in a few months' time. <laughs> once, we've, once we've got through Happiness is the yeah. Road. Volume... When, when should we do a letters page? After volume one? Or yeah, I think we should do... The... Mm, actually, no, that's tricky, isn't it? Yeah, that is tricky. Because we're going to treat them I'm sort of I'm only listening to albums. volume one at the moment. Yeah, well, there's more than enough to, to go on there. Yeah. All right, we'll do, we'll do one after, after volume one and then we'll do another post back after volume two. All right. Okay. So this letter is from Kev. Uh, don't have a lot to go on there for a nickname either. Unbelievable. They're not giving me anything here. Kev. Kev. Kev, 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 Kev. Kevlar. Uh, isn't that the... Kev man. Isn't Kevlar um, <laughs> a type of material that's really strong? No, armour. It's the armour that... Um, the Boba Fett and or the no, bounty hunters. No, Sanya. Boba Fett does not wear Kevlar armor. What does he wear? Beskar. Kevlar's from the real world. Beskar's from Star Wars. Oh. oh I'm going to call him Kevman. Okay. Neanderthal. Uh, first off, full disclosure. I was that man who bought Pedantony's Leicester weekend ticket. Hey. <laughs> hey. Oh, Pedantony's not here today. Yeah. He's, he's betrayed he us. To go to a festival. He's a betrayer. After using my super sleuth skills uh, and putting two and two together about you both mentioning the Radio 1 weekend. Uh, yeah, well, look, once again, he's gone to another festival. Yeah. He's putting a festival above Marillion for yeah. the second time. As Kev says, clearly I could have been a detective. I told Anthony I was going to write you a lengthy email in his honour, so buckle up. <laughs> Get a sandwich and maybe a sleeping bag in. He did, God, he has written a long one. Kev, you're a sick man. Day one, uh, around late 1983, the great Tommy Vance plays Meridian's Reading Festival appearance on the Friday Rock Show. As a major source of new music for me at the time, this set was a complete revelation. Love at first listen. Fast forward from 83 and me becoming a major fan of the Fish era. Uh, with childhood being one of the greatest albums ever. The split in 89 was a sore one. In those daft tribal days when for some reason you had to take sides, I went with Fish and Meridian moved on without me. Over the years, I did dip in and out and even went to see them a few times. I purchased Season's End and also This Strange Engine and Afraid of Sunlight, but for some reason I never fully committed to them and eventually lost touch with what they were doing. 
Fast forward even further to 2020 and the feckin' pandemic. Sitting in the house looking for stuff to listen to. I see someone mention Hogarth has a podcast and I give it a shot. Funny and pleasant way to spend an hour and H seems like a nice guy. It also kind of coincides with Fish on Friday. So now we have the two lead singers, Marillion, and a completely different characters. Sorry. So now we have the two lead singers in Marillion and completely different characters discussing different eras of the band. A few months later, Between You and Me arrives on the scene to complete the triangle and gives an objective view on both periods of the band. See, objective. Oh, thank you for saying we're objective. Yes. Yeah, so we, we do try. We're also quite subjective. Let's not be on. Let's oh, not yeah, that be is around true. The bush here. We're very opinionated and subjective. We're objectively opinionated. Yeah. Objectively subjective. Oh, and then he says, look, look, now he says, now I don't want to blow smoke up your ass, but thanks to you guys and the Corona Dives, you dragged me back to the H era. Yay. See, Marillion? See? See? You owe us. You're Paul. <laughs> and it was like discovering a new band. I started to listen to the albums again in a new light. I miss so much and regret not going to see them live more often. There were occasional live shows, including one that Fish attended in Glasgow, but sadly didn't join the band on stage because... Really, come on. It'd be awful, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it, Sanya? It might be a bit awkward if they weren't That's getting what, along. Well, no, I'm sure they were getting along. Oh, I suppose point. if you'd gone to see them, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was sounds that can't be made tour, and most recently when an opportunity came up to see them on the Friends tour in 2019. As you worked your way through the albums, I followed suit and found music I'd never heard before, including the brilliant Marbles. Oh, wow. Yeah. As mentioned, I dipped in and out and discovered I had Radiation.com and Anarachnophobia, but couldn't remember listening to them. And I think that's when I finally lost touch, just before Marbles arrived on the scene. I found I still really liked Season's End, AOS and TSE, nor so much Radiation.com, with Anarachnophobia somewhere in the middle. I probably need to spend more time with those three. I'm still giving somewhere else a chance, but I get the feeling it's not one I'll return to very often. But they can't all be bangers. Anyway, to complete my transformation, as I mentioned, I ended up going to the Meridian Weekend in Leicester, mainly to hear the fantastic and my album of the year by Miles, an hour before it's dark, live. Getting Season's End was a bonus. Our bid was as good, if not better, live and truly phenomenal. And when the phones went up during care, that is one of my favourite gig moments ever. I've gone from a casual H Meridian fan to all in, and I've already booked my hotel for next year, and it's partly your fault. So thanks for the extra expense. Ah, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I do enjoy the inter interplay between you both, especially when Sonia doesn't understand your toilet humour. <laughs> <laughs> A humour that never grows old, even if we do, and have been known to burst out laughing at some very awkward moments and places. You can't really explain to someone why you're laughing either. Finally, on a recent episode, you mentioned Meridian's ability to play different sets on different nights. I'm a massive Pearl Jam fan, and they never played the same set twice. I saw them on wow. four dates on their recent European tour, where they played 88 unique songs just across the four dates I saw. On their two London shows, they played 44 songs across two nights, but only played two songs, I guess the two songs the same, on both nights. Eddie Vedder basically writes the set list shortly before they take the stage and they throw in all sorts of deep cuts along with the more well-known stuff. God, how do they have time to rehearse? Like, how do yeah. they maybe remember they, maybe it? Maybe they just remember it. stay on top of playing it well if, you know, do they rehearse yeah. a certain collection of songs and then know. he mixes it up from those? Or they've just got great a great ability. To uh, remember. Yeah. Um, it would be good if Marillion could do something similar, but I doubt the band could be asked with the amount of rehearsal that might take. 
The weekends do allow a whole host of possibilities, but will be somewhat curtailed by now only being two nights. Yeah. Anyway, I've rambled enough. Keep up the good work, and I'll get you guys a drink at Leicester next year if I see you. Don't know what we're doing yet, do we, with regards to Leicester, but we'll see. Anyway, feel free to cut Mangle throwing the recycle bin or ignore this. Um, hopefully it's not too long, but I think Pedantity will be rolling his eyes by this point. <laughs> then, a couple of days later, we had an update from, from Kev, aka Neanderthal who said, uh, made a bit of a bollocks on the Pearl Jam info. It should say I saw them play 88 songs across the four dates, and that was made up of 56 songs, with some songs being played more than once. I also saw them play 17 songs for the first time. I've now seen them 24 times, although Whoa. mostly covers and songs from their newest album. Only one song was played at all four shows that I was at. Oh, I wonder what that song was. Yes. Uh, I don't know, Jeremy, or something like that. Uh, I I really like early Pearl Jam and I don't, um, you know, and I really like Eddie Vedder's solo stuff that he's done, but I don't know why I've never kept up with them um, because I really love the first few albums mm. and I've never seen them live, but they're just great. Anyway, um, that's all I've got to say about Pearl Jam. Okay. <laughs> All right, you ready for our final letter? No, because I haven't finished talking about that one. Oh, okay, go on then. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, I think part of the problem as well with Meridian and why Pearl Jam can do it is because Pearl Jam are, I'm guessing, much more sort of straight ahead rock band. That's what I was going to say. It's Mer like yeah. Meridian, when you have 20 minute long songs that have incredibly complex parts and layers and... Mm. I'm imagining as well, even like the bits you have to program into the computer That's what I was that Mark say. Kelly has Mark, to program. Mark has to program everything. And it's it, like, yeah. that must limit how spontaneous you can be. Although it does, uh, maybe it's because he updates his equipment, but you'd have thought it had kind of kept previous bits of programming for the gigs. I don't know how it works. Yeah, but you have, computers don't have infinite memory. Well. It's all about the storage, Paul. Yeah, but well, buy some more storage. Oh, I'm sure he has got other storage, but it might be external. And so, anyway, I don't know. Also, it's a lot to remember in your brain to play for mm. the other musicians as well. Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, next letter. Next letter. Well, I just want to say the next letter is from our good friend, uh, Pete, Pete, Pete Joyce. Pajamas. Pete Pajamas. PJ. Uh, thank you, Pete, by the way, for your very lovely and generous gift last weekend. Yes, thank you yeah, so much. Really unexpected, but much appreciated. Thank you. Yes. And now we'll hear what Pete says. He says, I know I know it'll be a while before you get around to another letters episode, but this needs to be said. After your somewhere else run through, I did a bit of Googling for the power of now. Therefore, I hold you entirely responsible for the fact that my Facebook news feed is now jammed full of sponsored ads for <laughs> Eckhart Tolle doing a live event here in Auckland early next year. The only possible reason this excites me is that the timing roughly coincides with the 2023 mystery location, <laughs> Marillion Weekend. Imagine if they did a Somewhere Else album night with Eckhart as the supporting act. Never going to happen, but what an idea. Pajamas. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine Eckhart how Tolle. I would feel so bad for the crowd if Eckhart Tolle did this? Well, they'd all fall asleep. They'd all fall asleep. Be Even like though, a... like, he's a brilliant man and people pay lots of money to go and see him and hear him speak and answer questions and stuff. I, I, you don't would... want to see him live, do you? Don't... you? Yeah. I mean, 
I, I still haven't I haven't listened to the book in ages. I was thinking this morning I've got to oh, listen to it a bit more. You need to, don't you? Yeah. We need to start planning our hundredth episode, by the way. Is is that linked to Eckhart Tolle? No, but um, maybe we should go and see him do a talk. No, what? I'm not doing that. <laughs> Sorry, that was really <laughs> impassioned, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I would. I, I kind of like him now. I'm. Uh, I feel like we need to wrap up, but uh, I'm. Uh, I'm doing it quickly because I'm conscious that the anchor dragging upstairs is is intensified, and mm. I suspect one of the daughters is about to come downstairs <laughs> and interrupt us. We were interrupted earlier. I seamlessly edited it out. Well done. I'm <laughs> well proud done. of you. Yeah, like I did the 50 minutes last week when we were recording with Pedantony. Yeah, no wonder he didn't want to come back. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we wasted his <laughs> afternoon with... Anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, thank you everyone for the letters. That's the end of our Somewhere Else Letters, isn't it? Oh my goodness, yes. Uh, yes, it is. Didn't even go on as long as I expected. Yeah, I know. Weird. All right. Anyway, everyone, um, if you do want to support us, www.patreon.com slash Mr. Biffo. Um, links are in the description. If you do want to send us an email about anything, beampod at gmail.com. Um, I think we're going to possibly do a bonus episode. We'll see. Uh, but anyway, right. That's it. That's it for this week. See. Thank you for putting up with our insane levels of distraction and ADHD this week yes and talking over each other all that just being generally annoying see you next week auditorially (laughs) okay weird bye everyone bye everyone Together? Together?